Hi, my name is Leo Fernandez, and you listen to the First Team Podcast. With your host, John Frashante. country welcome back to another episode of the first team podcast my name is john Frashante. we have a packed show we're going to talk to jake nutting who covers the nasl for empire of soccer also we're going to talk to christian arnold who covers the cosmos for twice a cosmo.com so let's get into the match review of carolina redhawks new york cosmos part two this was the second time that the new york cosmos faced the redhawks but this time at home which, it was a great match. It was close, uh, but there were so many questionable calls on the Redhawk side. Redhawk supporters claimed that, that the two pounding shots that the Cosmos were giving were weak calls, were, were just weak plays in, in total. But I don't believe they were weak. Not because I'm a Cosmo supporter. Not because I'm on the side where I want to see my team win. But I just felt that the Redhawks stopped the Cosmos players from scoring. From having a clear chance to score. Uh, and they took them down the box. And that's a penalty shot. No matter how you... No matter how you put it, it's a penalty shot. So, for all those Redhawk supporters out there saying that uh, it was a weak call or whatever, they were not weak, just to let you know. Uh, also, uh, it was just a great match. But what got... What was so weird was how Raul took both pounding shots. And when we were giving... A great gift of both penalty shots. I thought Raul taking them. Raul stepping up. He's going to put away both of them. He put away the first one. Which was a very exciting one. We were back in the match. We had a chance to win it. And then Raul. And then the Cosmos get another penalty shot. The Redhawks supporters again were questioning the call. Saying that it was weak. It was weak. Whatever. It's not weak. And then. He doesn't put away that pounding shot. He doesn't put it away. He misses it. He goes the same side as he did the first one. The left. He goes to the left. Fitzgerald, the Redhawks goalkeeper, goes to the left. Goes the same side he won the first time. And Raul just hits just hits the post. Hits the post. And uh, you could say that he should have went to the right. He should have went a different way. But I feel that he felt confident. The player that he is, the iconic player, the the experience, the talent that he has, that he felt that going the same way both times, he would have been, been able to put those two goals away. But in my opinion, I feel that Fitzgerald knew where he wanted to go. But thank God that that last pounding shot missed. Didn't come back to haunt the Cosmos. But they come up with a 3-2 victory. And and three points at home. A great result. Back-to-back weekends. We play the Carolina Redhawks. We get nine points. One point on the road in Ottawa. Which is a tough match. Top of the table clash. And now the Cosmos look on to the Tampa Bay Rowdies. And there's so much... There's so much surrounding the Rowdies. 
You have Thomas Ronging leaving, which was a big thing in Tampa Bay. Was a big thing throughout the league. Also, Stuart Campbell, their assistant, or he was their assistant, but he recently was named to be their head coach for the rest of the season. So I feel like he's trying to put his style of play, his mentality into the squad. We are going to talk to Jake Nutting in a couple of minutes about his take, about what he sees with the Rowdies, uh, and just a preview of the Rowdies this weekend against the Cosmos because the Rowdies are celebrating their 40-year anniversary. And what a match to play against the Cosmos on your 40-year anniversary. So that's going to be an historic match. Also, it seems that Marco Senna is going to be fit for the match against the Rowdies tomorrow night. So that's great news. We are going to talk about what happened with Marco Senna. Why was Marco Senna out? We are going to talk about that and much more uh, after we talk to Jake. And we are going to discuss that a bit more, break it down with Christian. Because it's a big thing. Uh, Cosmo supporters just don't know about it. Marco Senna, when he went to Brazil, we all thought it was just a vacation. It was just a one-week thing. And he was going to come back and play, but that wasn't the case. And he could have been done. He could have been a retired player. And we had to look for other players in the midfield. But that wasn't the case. Senna decided to sign that contract extension. And now he's back for the remaining of the fall season. So we're going to get to that and much more. But the Rowdies, again, they are just... They're not, they're not a mess, but uh, I feel that with a new manager, a new plan, uh, Bill Edwards, their owner, he's going to want to see results. And when you want to see results, you just put a new manager, you just put a new manager in place for the beginning of the season. And I just don't see how he expects to do good for the seasons who won a championship when you put a brand new coach implementing a different style of play trying to change the way the squad plays in the middle of the season that's gonna hurt the team that's gonna hurt the club not thomas ronigan not getting the results that you you want or you want to see the club get but i feel in the long term you need a steady manager and that manager was Thomas Rongin. And uh, to throw in Stuart Campbell, which he's had experience abroad. And he's had experience with the squad because he was the assistant manager. But the, there's a lot of question marks that I have with Stuart Campbell being the head coach. Because, uh, again, because the style of play. It's going to take a while for uh, these players to uh, understand what he wants understand what kind of style he wants the squad to play so it's going to be a tough match for the rowdies the cosmos they're more organized they have everything figured out senna is gonna get his first start or hopefully his first start in a long time andres flores is going to be away with international duty with el salvador so best of luck to you andres flores uh and Andres Flores has been on fire with the Cosmos. Every time he started, he looked great. Uh, a lot of speed, a lot of pace, and I believe he scored a goal as well. So, a great a great, couple of starts for Andres Flores. And then, Senna, we are going to talk about how is he going to be in his first match back in Tampa Bay, in the heat, in that condition, in Tampa Bay. So, uh, we're going to be right back after this break. Steady, 
Hello, everyone. So, we're going to be joined by Jake Nutting uh, in a couple of minutes here. Again, Jake Nutting is the writer about the NASL for Empire of Soccer. So, before we get to Jake Nutting, uh, let's just talk about some news around the league. The lawsuit with the NASL, like NASL versus MLS, there's so much fight, there's so much hate about that. And if you have any questions or comments, you can send them in using the hashtag AskTheFirstTeam. Also, you could leave your questions or comments in the comment section below. So just get in on the conversation, get in on all that. So if you have a question for Jake about the Rowdies, about what do you think about what you think is going to happen with the Rowdies in the future in this season with the manager with a with a manager change mid-season, would that hurt the team? Leave your thoughts in the comment section below. I would like to hear your thoughts. Or uh, read your thoughts and react to them as well. Uh, so hopefully you guys can leave those in the comment section below. At one team Potter on Twitter using the hashtag AskTheFirstTeam. Have any questions for Jake? Again, at, on Twitter at one team Pod using the hashtag AskTheFirstTeam. Also, you could leave your comments, your questions in the comments section below. So thank you for tuning into this Rabble.TV broadcast. My name is John Frashante, and uh, I am going to continue talking about our Neurocosmos. And let's move on to Marco Senna while we wait for Jake Nutting to get on the call. Okay, we got Jake. Hello. Hello, Jake. How you doing? How are you today, Jake? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Okay, so let's talk about the Rowdies and uh, the management change with Stuart Campbell getting in place. Uh, can you talk about your thoughts on the announcement, and do you think it's going to take a while for him to implement his plans into the squad? Um, well, the move was definitely a surprise to everyone, uh, definitely uh, all the fans and everyone on the outside of the club. Um, I'm not sure how long it'll take him to implement his system because his system's a pretty traditional 4-4-2 uh, formation. He just uh, and he's he's familiar with most of the players because he's been in Tampa Bay for a few seasons now as first as a player and then as an assistant coach. Mm -hmm. So he knows a lot of the guys. Um, he started he, in his first two games. He started a lot of the same guys that have already been playing this year, just a little bit technical shifts. Um, it shouldn't take him that long. It's just a matter of if he has the right players to for that system to flourish. Can you talk about a player that the Cosmo supporters should watch out for? Um, sure. I, well, there's a couple, but I, I'd probably say the Rowdy's biggest threat is Jordi Ristoff, who is the league MVP in 2013. Um, and he also leads the league in assists uh, with eight now, I believe he has uh, this year. Uh, he'll he's a he's a starter for sure. He uh, this year he's mostly under wrong, and he was playing as a midfield playmaker in the four four three three. Uh, but under Stuart Campbell, he's moved back up top to a forward where he won in his. Uh, MVP award. Now he's going to be a partner up top with Mike on Santos. Uh, he's uh, he's he's a very crafty, uh, pretty intelligent player. He's a uh, of the current poll. He's probably the smartest guy. He's got the most awareness, awareness, best vision. Uh, so he sets with a lot of guys up. Uh, he delivers he delivers a lot of the good service on corner kicks. So he'll be very active, and if the Rowdies have a good day offensively he'll probably be a big reason why. Can you talk about the fitness of Freddie Adu 
Uh, sure. Uh, well, he resumed training with the first team this week. Uh, he, got, he received um, a partially torn Achilles uh, in training the week after his first and only appearance in, in the, for the club. Uh, he's still a few games away from uh, suiting up and actually being able to take the field. Uh, so Rowdy's are kind of kind of got some bad luck there. They can make a huge flash signing, and then he immediately gets hurt. And it's a pretty Achilles injuries are tough to come back and regain your fitness for. So it's he'll uh, hopefully factors in for the last uh, six or five or six games, hopefully. The Rowdies are celebrating the 40th year anniversary of the club this weekend against the Cosmos. What a match to celebrate that feat. Uh, I'm sorry, can you repeat the question? What, what amounts to it? No, no, I was saying that uh, the Rowdies are celebrating their 40th year anniversary. What a match to celebrate that anniversary. Oh, yes. yeah, of course, yeah. it's. Uh, I'm sure they, they mm-hmm. timed that uh, yeah. specifically for the Cosmos because technically it's the 40th anniversary all year long. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so they definitely taking advantage because this is the first time the Cosmos have been in town this year because of the uneven split season schedule in NASL. Yeah, it's a, they've got a lot of uh, legendary players coming in for a halftime uh, presentation. Uh, they're holding a reunion special uh, uh, happy hour event at the local bar a block away from the stadium tonight. I think it's going on as, as we speak. A lot of players flew in for that uh, from around the globe. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's always a good... Uh, the Rowdies don't have the best record against Cosmos in the modern era, but it's always, they're always usually pretty exciting games. Uh, Cosmos, believe it or not, actually, the Cosmos, the only time the Rowdies beat the Cosmos in the modern era was uh, around this time last year at the, in the end of August at, in Tampa Bay. Lastly, can we get a score prediction? Oof. Uh, uh, I hate making score predictions, especially in the NESL. Um, you know, the Rowdies, they need to start winning games, but personally, with the form that the Cosmos are in, I would be happy with a, a 2-2 uh, draw. I don't see the Rowdies holding the Cosmos attack to one or zero goals. That's just impossible with all the firepower the Cosmos have and some of the defensive uh, miscues the Rowdies have had in midfield and on the back line uh, recently. So I don't think they'll uh, hold them to score, hold them scoreless or hold them to low goals. But uh, I'd say I'd say definitely a two-two result is possible. Can you tell the listeners where they can find you on Twitter and where can they find your articles? Uh, sure. You can follow me on Twitter at Jake Nutting. It's N-U-T-T-I-N-G. Uh, I write, I cover the rallies for the Unused Substitutes podcast website. It's uh, theunsubs.com. And I also cover the league as a whole uh, for Empire Soccer. Thank you, Jake, for coming on. Thanks a lot, John. So that was Jake Nutting. Of that was Jake Nutting. Uh, as you heard him say, he covers uh, the Rowdies for unused subs and for the Empire Soccer on a league-wide basis. So a lot of great things coming out of what Jake had to say. Again, the 40th anniversary, well, as he said, they're celebrating the whole year, as we all know. But one weekend that they picked was against the Cosmos, and they probably set that one up. I give that to them, but it's going to be a great match. It's going to be on the pitch. It's going to be great. It's always a big rival, but off the pitch, halftime, they are going to have a ceremony celebrating their past, which it's a great brand. It's a great team from the past along with the Cosmos, so it's great to have them back in the league. It's great to have them celebrating another milestone with a 40 year anniversary so shouts out to the tampa bay rowdy so let's get on with our new york cosmos as always that's what we're here to talk about our new york cosmos our boys in green let's start talking 
about some important things in Cosmos Country. Some important things besides the matchup this weekend that we will continue to talk about throughout the show. Let's talk about Marco Senna. And he he went to Brazil a week ago. Uh, he w- went to Brazil for a week. He went to Brazil for a week. And what was weird about that is that Cosmo supporters got worried. Cosmo supporters thought that he would never come back. or w- There was no timetable of when he was going to come back to the team. When I would talk to Giovanni Sarese, he will say that they're waiting for his visa and all that. So it's great news coming out from Gio saying that they were waiting for his visa. But thankfully, he is here now that he is here and going to start for the Cosmos tomorrow night. It's going to be a great day for him, making his first start in a very long time. But the backstory behind why he left about what really happened to Marco Senna, which is really the main point, is that he was there. He thought he was going to end his career earlier, go to Brazil, buy a house, get settled down there post-retirement. But the Cosmos did offer him a contract for the rest of the fall season for a full year. And... He took it. He was excited that they offered him another contract. And this is the last deal he's going to have. He is going to retire after the fall season. Which it's going to be a... It's going to be like... We are going to miss Marco Senna. We surely are. He was our star midfielder in the reboot season. And he still is our star midfielder. But... We're going to be without our star midfielder after the 2015 fall season and potentially the championship, the postseason. So we are really going to miss Senna. But we saw without Senna on the pitch that we can do well without him. I had question marks before when when Senna announced his retirement. I thought, how can we survive without Senna? How can the midfield be the same without him? But... With all that's happening in Cosmos Country, with Senna being away in Brazil for a couple of weeks, for Andres Flores getting starts in the midfield week in and week out, we probably saw a midfielder that's going to take over Senna's role after maybe next season. Is Andres Flores really going to take his spot? I'm not pretty sure on that one. I think he will. Yeah, he is a great and young midfielder. He has a bright future ahead of him. He plays for his national team, which they love him as well there with El Salvador. He's the captain. So I really feel that he is a great option after Marco Senna. Do the Cosmos want to get a veteran midfielder? Probably. They probably want to get a veteran on the bench to back up Flores. Names that were being thrown around before was Enze Maresca. Is he going to be still in the rumor mill? Who else is going to be thrown around name-wise? Who knows? We will get to that discussion of who will take Senna's place in the midfield. Maybe in the offseason. Maybe after the postseason. After the championship. Because that's going to be the biggest topic of who's going to... Fill whose shoes. Uh, that's always a topic of conversation with any supporter. No matter what sport you follow. No matter w- what club you follow in the footballing world. It all matters. Like Everyone talks about that. So Flores could have a chance in the future. I would love that. I would love to see Flores back in the picture. Back starting every week. Because he deserves it and he showed it. He really showed it. So, we're going to have Christian Arnold come on the show momentarily. Here he is, Christian Arnold. How are you today, Christian? I'm doing good, John. How are you? 
I'm doing great, thanks. Uh, so, uh, let's get talking about some Cosmos Stadium. No, no. Before we get to the stadium, let's talk about the attendance-wise. I know that's an issue with every Cosmos supporter. They're worried about the attendance. Do you think it's a real problem when you see 4,000 or 5,000 in uh, Hofstra Short Stadium? Uh, to be honest, I mean, I think I think it's kind of a it's a big problem. I mean, you look at the way the Cosmos are playing, and you look at the way the attendance uh, has been has been going on. It's just not it, it's not where it should be. Uh, this, there's no reason for for Hofstra not to be filled uh, to capacity, even nine thousand, ten thousand fans, considering how well the Cosmos have played. I, I mean, they're a good team. Not just they're not just a good team. They're a very good team in their league. And you look at the roster they feel, field every week. Uh, I mean, they could compete with a lot of MLS teams, and they are a, a pretty star-studded roster when you look at it. So it's a little concerning for me, especially considering the big picture with the New York Cosmos and the fact that they want a 25,000-seat stadium in Belmont. Uh, I understand why it's an issue to fill up Hofstra. Uh, look, I, I attended a game at Hofstra as a fan earlier this year, and I understand it. it's not a great experience when you're going to watch a game. Uh, you know, the bleacher seats aren't necessarily comfortable. The fact that you can't have a beer or, or an adult beverage at your seat when you're in the stadium watching the game kind of hinders that experience. The food choices are limited. It, it's just not a great atmosphere for, for a sporting event, for a professional sporting event. Um, so I understand why it, it's tough to draw attendance, but at the same time, the product on the field, it, it should dictate at least a little bit of an uptick in attendance this season. Talking about the product, on the field, the product is the best. They invest so much money into their product. But do you think the marketing team is maybe not having that budget? Or do you think uh, they should do something different? I mean, I'm sure they have the budget. The, the fact that the Cosmos can spend so much on players, I mean, it's more of a, a guess than a, than a statement of fact. But considering the talent they bring in, there's a, definitely a pretty penny spent bringing guys like Marco Senna to bring in Raul and a lot of the other talents they've brought in. Um, so they have the budget. It's just, for me personally, I don't think it's spent well enough. I don't think the players are marketed well enough. I mean, when you have a guy like Raul, who's an international star, when you have a guy like Marco Senna, who's an international star, I mean, these are guys whose faces should be plastered all over the city, all over Long Island. Um, you know, you need to get them on TV more. You need to get them promoted more. Uh, and it just doesn't seem like that's done well enough. I remember when the team really first started that there was a lot of heavy promotion, that there was a lot of billboards and posters and signs all over the place. But, I mean, the Cosmos, whether, whether it's getting these guys on TV, whether it's getting more media attention, because you look at... The, the, the amount of press that comes to the press box, and you're in there too with me for a lot of games. Mm -hmm. uh, Newsday's there every once in a while, and then it's a lot of internet outlets, which are great. And I think that, you know, the internet outlets do a great job. You know, Empire of Soccer, Dave Martinez, Michael Lewis over Big Apple Soccer, and also Newsday, uh, One World Sports, who covers the team online. They do a great job of covering the team. But you need people, you need places like Newsday, the Daily News, the Post. You need. News 12, I, you know, you never see them there either. And they're Long Island's news station. I'm surprised News 12 isn't there more often. And that maybe speaks to the lack of marketing, lack of focus, lack of attention that the team gets from, uh, from outside media and the fact that they don't bring it more upon themselves. I know that the game in Cuba did a, did a number for that. But locally, it just doesn't seem like there has garnered enough interest. And, I, and there's a lot of personable players on that team. You look at a guy like, uh, like a Carlos Mendes, who grew up on Long Island, um, you know, more international stars like Raul and Marco Senna, who um, you know, are n known throughout the world. It just doesn't seem like they're marketed enough. And it doesn't help, too, uh, that, that guys like Raul don't necessarily talk after every game either. Uh, you know, I think we've talked to him maybe once this entire year since he signed on with the New York Cosmos, and that was maybe at a press conference. So I, I think the Cosmos haven't helped their cause by the lack of marketing and some of their, their policies um, uh, as far as the media is concerned. Uh, the, on, t on the field, they're great. I mean, there's no question about it. We watch the talent on this team night in and night out, and like I said before, they're a team that can compete with, the best of some, with some of the best of the uh, MLS has to offer. So it, it, it's an interesting question because, uh, you know, I'm not a marketing person, but 
just from the outside looking it, it doesn't seem like enough has been done to market this product because it, it's a good product. It's a fun it's a fun time if you're a soccer fan, and th- there's a lot of good players on this team. Talking about marketing, I heard I didn't see it, but I heard that there was a Cosmos commercial on the NBC SN Premier League coverage. Did you hear about it, or did you see it? I haven't, and I, I haven't heard about it or I haven't seen it, but I would hope that's the case, and I think that's a good first step, especially uh, with, A, with the amount of viewers that tune in locally to NBCSN. I know a lot of people who are not big soccer people like to give, you know, us soccer fans a hard time about liking the sport because it seems like we're such a minority. But, in fact, I think, as you can see, soccer is growing so much, so much, and the reason why uh, BPL is on a major network like NBCSN uh, every week and draws good numbers is because a lot of people are becoming soccer fans. So that's a good thing for the Cosmos if they can get uh, a commercial, uh, even if it's just regionally, onto uh, a big broadcast like NBCSN, like the other local networks. Um, the one thing the Cosmos did great that first year, and I don't necessarily know if this was a Cosmos decision, if this was a decision made by the, the broadcaster, but SNY, having the team broadcast on SMY in simulcast along with One World, One World Sports was a beautiful thing, and did the, I thought the Cosmos did that first year. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily know the reason why that ended after the first season, but that was great for the team. I, I, I believe SMY, I think most of their matches were on a tape delay, but I don't remember if One World Sports was involved in the reboot season. Were they? They were. That was the, they. Mm-hmm. They were. Uh, they were initially on One World Sports, and just like they are now. Um, but it just it was simulcast on SMY too because the broadcast the the number of stations that S, uh, that um, One World Sports was on wasn't a lot um, considering their distribution among Verizon, Cablevision, and all the other big broadcast uh, other other TV carriers. So. The SMY thing worked out well. It's still tough to find One World Sports if you're not like a New York Cosmos fan or you're looking for obscure international sports. So I think that was great for them when they were on SMY. And I understand it was on tape delay, but at the same time, you're still getting um, you know airtime on a, a major regional network. Let's talk about stadium, uh, the Cosmos Stadium proposal. Uh, that has been taking a very, very long time that there should have been some type of announcement. Uh, and the Cosmos, the club, came out and said that they want to like break ground or have a uh, deal done by the end of the year. Do you think that will happen? I think they want a decision by the end of the year. I, To be honest with you, and I know Cosmos fans aren't going to like hearing this, I genuinely don't believe that a stadium in Belmont is going to be done because... When you look at the timetable, I mean, the Cosmos submitted this plan, what, back in 2012, 2013, something like that? Mm -hmm. The fact that we haven't heard a single word from New York State, I I mean, not only is it just, it's almost comical at this point, the, the, the lack of respect and the lack of credibility really the state has at this point, because, I mean, they've been sitting on all, not just the Cosmos proposal, but every other proposal for that area has been sat on for the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, Long Island is the land of no. And if you, if you want to ask anyone about that, ask current New York Islanders owner Charles Wong, who tried to get a major development project done at the Nassau Coliseum, which is right across the street from Hofstra, which would have revitalized the area uh, with his own privately funded money. And the town of Hempstead said no. This is a state matter, obviously, so it's a little bit different. But at the same time, Long Island just has a history of not being able to pull off these um, major revitalization development projects like the Lighthouse Project with the Islanders and now the, the Belmont Stadium with the New York Cosmos. The other thing that's going to be hard for politicians to wrap their heads around is the concept of, or the difference between an NASL team, which the New York Cosmos are, and MLS. It, it's kind of a tough sell if you're not a soccer person, if you're not a real sports person with some of these politicians are, because you look at the Cosmos, you go, every... Every major sport has a major league, and then there's minor leagues. With soccer and the New York Cosmos, it's a little different because the NASL, I mean, it's a second division league, but at the same time, it's 
gotten so much better over the last couple of years. It's hard to say they're not a major league, but when you're a politician and you're having to make a decision like this and you look at the Cosmos and you look at the league and you look at the attendance, which is also, we were talking about that earlier, all kind of factors mm-hmm. into this, it's tough to look and go, NASL, it's a second division, which in their minds would equal minor league team. Why is it worth us trying to, to put a 25,000-seat stadium when they can't fill up Hofstra, they're a minor league team, and there's other proposals that may be better situated for the area. Now, I think the Belmont Stadium is the best one out there, but it's a tough sell to try and sell a 25,000-seat stadium. Obviously, there's other components to it, but a 25,000-seat stadium, uh, which is your, your landmark proponent, co- component of that project, it's hard to sell that when you're not drawing a lot of people into your current home stadium, and it, it, it's tough to kind of be like, no, we're a major league team, even though we play in the second division. Hopefully, that deal does happen but if it doesn't there's so many other places where they can put the team the brooklyn borough president says he may want a soccer specific stadium there in brooklyn uh, people have pointed their fingers to coney island but i just don't know where there's land there but besides coney island and uh brooklyn do you see uh a, another location for the stadium I'm, uh, I mean, obviously, like what areas like Westchester and outside of, you know, New York, the New York Five boroughs have been mentioned. But I think Brooklyn would be the ideal spot for the Cosmos. Uh, e- e- the fact that they're going back there to play their playoff game now it may just be a matter of it was the best option available at that time. But the fact that they're going back to Brooklyn to play a playoff game, I think, is very telling in and itself. I, I, you were at the the first game there uh, a couple months ago. You heard a lot of the players, they like the field, they like the turf. Some of them, you know, it sounded like they liked it a little bit better than Hofstra's turf, which is, uh, I mean, it's taken care of, but it doesn't seem like it's necessarily in the greatest condition every game. But it seemed like they really enjoyed playing at Coney Island and at MCU Park. Now, if they could get their own soccer-specific stadium in that area and they had to play, and they had to play, you know, a couple, uh, a season, a fall season or a spring season at MCU Park, just to get the ball rolling and, and before they had a specific soccer-specific stadium built for them, I don't think that would be the end of the world. In fact, Brooklyn seems to be the best option considering the diverse group you have in Brooklyn. There, I'm sure there's a lot of soccer fans in there. It's a very, uh, you know, like I said, diverse community. And they have someone there who wants soccer. They want the sport there. They want the cosmos there. And I think for ownership and I think for fan base, that, especially in this kind of climate where the fans have been waiting so long for this Belmont proposal, the fact that they hear, oh, we're wanted somewhere, I think is, is, is equally as important as, as the location um, because I, I'm sure they have the room. It's just finding a spot for the stadium. And, and they have politicians and they have people there that want to bring the team there and really want to embrace the, what the New York Cosmos are trying to do, not just in the NS, NASL, but as far as competing on a global market. And you look at the amount of teams that are moving to Brooklyn. You look at uh, the growing uh, fan base. You look at the growing population in Brooklyn. Everything says it's the right idea. There's a reason why you know the Nets are there now. The New York Islanders are going to start playing there in a couple weeks. Uh, there's a reason why Brooklyn's on the upswing, and I, I think that if the Cosmos were to have to make a, a new selection for where their home would be, Brooklyn would make the most sense. I think going outside of the metropolitan area or going to New Jersey or going to Westchester is, is even putting yourselves in a worse situation uh, than you are on Long Island because you're outside of the metropolitan market, and whether you like it or not, that media market, it's the five rows. Long Island, Nassau County kind of gets thrown in there. But anything outside of that is kind of just thrown off the wayside. So getting attention, getting publicity might be tough for the Cosmos go outside of the uh, five growers or, or Nassau County. Just look at what the Red Bulls have to deal with game in and game out. They get very little attention, and they're a very good soccer club in the MLS. So, uh, I mean, I think it's telling, especially for the Cosmos where they stand. Do you see uh, the Cosmos potentially playing in MCU Park, say, next season because the Cosmos have an agreement with Hofstra for the season but uh, do you see that potentially happening? I mean I could I, I could very well see it especially like I said they want to have an, a decision some sort of decision by the end of the year 
And I think that you know, look at the fact that they're going again. They're going back, and maybe it's just the best possible option. But they're going back to MCU Park for a playoff game. A playoff game that's very important. Uh, a thing for the team that you know they win that they get back to the soccer bowl. Um, you know, obviously if they win, if they win out the table this this in the next couple of weeks, they can uh, secure the soccer bowl, hosting the soccer bowl. So I mean, these are all very important events for the Cosmos, just not just on the field, but off the field, marketing-wise and attention-wise. And, and uh, the fact that they entrusted MCU Park to host another a very important match says a lot. I, I don't think them playing in MCU Park next season, although they have to contend with the Brooklyn Cyclone schedule if, that's, if they do that, I wouldn't be too surprised if that happened next year. It would be a very exciting time in Cosmos country because there's so many pros to having a soccer match or a full season at MCU Park 1 because you have some proper uh, seats rather than your bleachers and then you can sell beer in the seats which that is a plus as well. Oh absolutely. Uh, you know I, I, like I was talking about before I went to a Cosmos game. I took my girlfriend to a New York Cosmos game the, the season opener in the spring and we sat in the bleachers and you know mm-hmm. we've been to a bunch of different other sporting events and the fact that you're sitting on bleachers it kind of takes away from the 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 sport the feel that you would usually get at a pro sporting event the fact that you couldn't uh you know walk around and, and grab a beer and take it back to your seat kind of takes away from from the atmosphere and takes away from the enjoyment of the game and even just the fact that uh, you know you're contending with sometimes you know kids running up and down the bleachers and uh, you know, these cramped spaces. It's just not conducive for a pro sports team, especially not what the Cosmos are trying to build. So you're right. MCU Park is is a very good alternative, at least, at least in the short term, until they can look, secure a long-term stable stadium situation, whether that's at Belmont, which, uh, you know, it's so hard to say that that's going to happen at this point, considering the timetable that it's taken to even get anything from the state of New York, or that's somewhere in Coney Island. Uh, again, Coney Island, I think Brooklyn Coney Island is the best possible solution for the Cosmos if they cannot get Belmont done. So moving on to the Tampa Bay Rowdies New York Cosmos matchup tomorrow night at Alling Stadium. What is your score prediction for the match? That's a tough one. I've never, I never am a big fan of predicting <laughs> scores, but I will. I, you know, you look at the Rowdies; they haven't had the greatest year. Uh, in the fall, so and the Cosmos offensive firepower. Plus, you get Marco Senna back, uh, which will definitely be a big boost for the Cosmos offense, which is already extremely potent. With even without him, uh, you know what? I'm going to say it's a it's a four two win for the Cosmos. Oh, what a victory right there! So, lastly, do you see Gaston Celerino making the traveling squad? Uh, I think at some point he's going to be inserted into the roster. It's not. It's not a matter of will he. I think it's a matter of when he. Uh, you know, you look at some of the quotes and, and that Gio and the team have put out in the last couple of days. You, they're going to put him in the roster. It's just a matter of getting him up to speed with what the team is about. You look at what he said over the last couple of days. He, he, it's more of an up-tempo, aggressive style of soccer than he's used to playing. Um, so he's still learning the system. He's still learning the ropes with the Cosmos. It's a much different game that they play than where, where he was playing. So it's going to take him a little bit to acclimate. And, you know, Gio Savarisi is never one to put a player who's not fully confident in his abilities on the field. So it's not a matter of if he's going to play. It's a matter of when. And my guess is probably another couple of weeks before we see him out on the pitch for the New York Cosmos. Thank you, Christian, for coming on. Hopefully we can have you on soon. Absolutely. Have a blast, man. Thank you. So that was Christian Arnold. You can follow him at CA underscore NY Hockey. Give him a follow. He writes for TwiceACosmo.com. Uh, it's a great site. Um, a lot of content all about the New York Cosmos. So let's move on and give my score predictions, and then we will go out and close the show. So my score prediction for the Cosmos-Tampa Bay Rowdies matchup, I See, the Cosmos getting a victory, but I think it's going to be a hard-fought matchup. I see the Cosmos coming up on top, but it's going to be a hard, hard-fought match. I think a fair, like a realistic match prediction, because that's what I'm all about. I'm not about a 
like a six nothing Cosmos victory. No, I'm I'm trying to predict a realistic score prediction. Uh, I'm gonna go for a a two one Cosmos victory because I I do think it's gonna be close. Can the Rowdies compete with the Cosmos? Yes, I totally believe that. Uh, can the Cosmos uh, stay with the Heat? Stay with the conditions? Yes, I can believe that as well. So it's going to be a tough matchup. I don't know the weather down there, but I do believe it's going to be on the warm side. So Cosmos, Tampa Rowdies, and I predict a 2-1 Cosmos victory. I want to thank Christian Arnold for coming on the show. Also, I want to thank Jake Nutting for coming on the show as well, previewing the Tampa Bay Rowdies New York Cosmos matchup. It's going to be a great match. Uh, and once again, thanks for Christian for coming on, talking about the future of the New York Cosmos with the stadium proposal, MCU Park, Coney Island, uh, Gaston Celerino, the newest Cosmos signing, and just the happenings, the biggest things going on in Cosmos country because. For the future, for the Cosmos, there are so many things that a supporter would love to see happen. First, in the short term, we want to see a home for the team. We want to see uh, a home for the short term where it could be our home. So say MCU Park. That could be our home for the short term where we can host all our matches there. Not Hofstra where we need to host the spring and the fall and we can't host a open cup match or we can't host the playoff match. We want a home where we can actually host all our matches. Also, I would love to see a soccer specific stadium built specifically for the New York Cosmos. That's what the club needs. That's what the club needs to gain a structure for the club to actually be part of the community. And as Christian said, Coney Island, Brooklyn, that's a place where the Cosmos have to be. That's where they should be. That's why the Islanders and the Nets, that's why they moved there because they see the future of Brooklyn. They see the future of that market. And the Cosmos, if they don't see that, if they don't see Brooklyn to be the future home of the New York Cosmos, Coney Island would be a great place. The Cosmos played one match at MCU Park once before, and they're playing their playoff match there in MCU Park later on. So it's going to be it's going to be a great a great time at MCU Park. And uh, I would like to touch on the international break and why the NASL would like or should take on the international break for the future. The NASL has a lot of players going and playing for their international squads. You got Andres Flores playing for El Salvador. You got Richard Menjavar playing for El Salvador as well. And you got players all over the league playing for their international squads. So for the future, I want to see the league take on the international break and have a full break for the FIFA calendar for the international break. So we take a full weekend off. We have the opportunity to rest players, uh, have players who were injured to rehab, and we don't miss out on our players who are playing on the international level so Andres Flores is out this weekend if the league would abide by the international break we would we would just be happy because we would have Andres Flores back the following week and we would not miss a minute of him playing for the boys in green but because the league does not abide by the international break we have to deal with the without Andres Flores, without uh, other players that are important to the club and for other clubs throughout the league. So the league, the NASL, should be the first one in U.S. soccer to abide by the international break, to be the bigger person, to be uh, the best league in this country by abiding by that rule, be better than MLS. Because that's a fight that we're always going to battle, MLS versus NASL. And that could be a topic, that could be a fight, that could be a conversation, a debate for another week. But MLS versus NASL, what a debate that would be. But tuning out here, my name is Jean Frashante. Good night, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. If you have any last questions or comments, you can tweet at one team Potter on Twitter. You can use the hashtag AskTheFirstTeam. 
And you can leave your questions or comments in the comment section below. Feel free to do that on Rabble.tv on the live broadcast. We thank for everyone who tuned in. We will be on for a couple more minutes talking about the New York Cosmos. And one very exciting thing coming up is that the New York Cosmos always want to do grand and big things. And that's something that I love about the Cosmos. That's something that I really like about the brand and I like about the future of the team. The New York Cosmos announced today that the club will conduct a training session on the Intrepid. And everyone knows the Intrepid is uh, a ship. Uh, and uh, the Cosmos will conduct a training session on Pier 86 at the Intrepid Sea, Air, and Space Museum on Manhattan's west side. The Cosmos will honor America's military that day with a special practice session inviting members of the United States Armed Forces. On September 12th, the New York Cosmos will pay tribute to active and retired military personnel, first responders, and their families. So that's a great thing for the New York Cosmos that they are going to have a to have a, a a training session on the Intrepid. What what other co- what other soccer club can you say that does that? That honors the people in the military. That honors the people who serves for our armed forces. So that means that the Cosmos are a club, are a global name, care about the community, care about the country. And the Cosmos are really giving back to their community. Training on the Intrepid, which is a great thing. It's going to be a great thing to see soccer on the Intrepid. I've never said that before. I think I saw basketball, but that's something else. But soccer will be uh, kicking the ball around on this ship. Would be great. Uh, so, shouts out to the New York Cosmos for getting this done. For for giving back to the community. Having this event. Uh, and always being a part of of the community and another thing that I want to touch on is marketing because we talked about this with Christian about how the commercials and everything I saw a commercial or I heard about it like I told Christian that I heard uh, that there was a commercial on NBCSN on NBC on NBC's SM Premier League uh, coverage I saw a commercial for the Cosmos on there which I really wished I saw it because I've looked on YouTube, I've looked everywhere to see if I can see the commercial, but there was no commercial. So it was on the broadcast that I missed, which I'm pretty mad about, but uh, I have to get over it. <laughs> and also, uh, I saw some reports on Twitter that there was a commercial for the Cosmos on the radio. I don't know what exact radio station, but I do know that there was a commercial on a radio station. So that's great news that there's commercials on a a great Premier League broadcast on the local radio station. There's billboards throughout train stations, throughout the five boroughs. Big, big billboards too. But what Christian was talking about, you have some key players with Raul, with Marco Senna, put their face on a billboard. If you follow soccer, if you follow Spanish soccer, or, or if you know about Raul in the footballing world, and if you don't know about the Cosmos, but you see a billboard, that you see a billboard in the middle of Manhattan, in Times Square, in Queens, in the Bronx, no matter where you are, in the five boroughs, and you see Raul's face, or Marco Senna, or or one of the players scoring a goal, and you see that the Cosmos brand is back, and say you saw them Back in the day, and now you can finally see the reborn Cosmos, the reboot era team. You will be very, very excited about what you're going to see in the future. You're going to go out to Hofstra and see a match and see the newest Cosmos. So that's what the Cosmos have to do is to market to those people that who Cosmos supporters from back in the day, Raul supporters, Senna supporters. People of Spanish soccer and fans of the footballing world. People of this wonderful sport. If you love the sport and you follow a club abroad, 
come on, follow the Cosmos. It's a great, a great club to to follow. Uh, so many big names in the past, great talented players today, and today the recent Cosmos have a big thing ahead for the future. They have their mind in for the future. They want to grow their players. They want to set up an academy. They just want to have everything in place so there could be a bright future and so the Cosmos can last longer and that they can succeed for generation to generation. So the Cosmos are a great brand, are a very historic brand, uh, and have a very, very rich history. So that's why I love the Cosmos as well. Uh, and I just feel that the Cosmos, I don't want to say that the marketing team is doing a bad job. Everyone who works for the Cosmos marketing team, I just want to tell you guys, you, you do a great job. You work hard every single day. And uh, your work is going to pay off. Or it is paying off as we speak. Because when you see a billboard in Penn Station or Grand Essential Terminal. And you see Raul and Senna and Gio. That's a very exciting picture for a fan of the club. And for a soccer supporter of a club throughout the world. So uh, moving on to Parma. And we're going to get talking about some to some international soccer here. Parma, who went bankrupt. And we talked about them in a show a couple of months ago, how uh, their owner just let them go bankrupt because he didn't pay their wages. He sold the club for one euro, which was sad. And uh, when he sold the club for one euro, the club was 200 million euros in debt. So that's, that's really, really big damage to the club. But... Towards the end of the season, Parma Football Club, they filed for bankruptcy. And uh, the city understands what happened. The city of Parma is happy about the new club that they have now. But they filed as a new club. And the Parma supporters have a club that they can get behind. But the saddest part to the story is that the old Parma club, the club that filed for bankruptcy... Back in the day when they were great, when they were winning all the trophies and when they had the best team and when they were a big club in Serie A, in Italy, they had to sell their trophies from that time. They had to sell their trophies to pay off their debts and for them to have a bright future. And in one hand, you're saying, well, that's a very sad story that I would love for them to have a great a great past and for the players for the future to see their past, to see the trophies that they won. But what I don't like is that they have to sell their trophies. But on the other hand, it's great that they will have a bright future, that there will be Parma soccer being played in that city every single week, but it's going to be played in Serie D, that's Group D, uh, and that's in the lower divisions. That's not even a professional league as well in Italy. So... Uh, it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be a hard time for them to go up to Serie A in Italy in the top division. But I wish them the best of luck. I am rooting for Parma, even though I am a Napoli supporter. But I just love the story. I love the supporters who are loyal supporters. And I always talk about supporters who support their local club. Who are those loyal supporters who who, who support a club closer than their diehard club or Say they support Milan, but they live in Canada and they support Toronto FC. That's supporting your local club. You can support 15 different clubs. There's not just one club to your heart. There could be 10 different ones. So that's what makes the sport of soccer the best in the world. And that's what beats other sports like football or cricket or uh, basketball or whatever. Whatever sport you don't like, soccer may beat that. Soccer may be that sport that beat that sport. So um, that's all I have for today. My name is John Frashante tuning out. Once again, uh, I want to thank Christian Arnold for coming on. You can check him out at twiceacosmo.com. A lot of Cosmos content on that site, driven Cosmos content, some great, great, great things on that site. Go check it out. Match previews, match reviews, uh, and some great write-ups, some great news and opinions on Twice a Cosmo. Also, go check out and uh, go check out Empire of Soccer, where Jake Nutting, our first guest, came on the show. 
and he talked about the Tampa Bay Rowdies and what's going on down there in Tampa Bay. Uh, and I would like to thank him for coming on, and hopefully we can have them both on pretty soon. Christian, uh, thank you once again, talking about everything in Cosmos Country. Uh, and uh, check out Empire of Soccer and Unused Substitutes, the Tampa Bay Rowdies podcast and site, but Jake Nutting contributes to the site of Unused Subs. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in. My name is John Frashante. You can follow me at jfrashante1 on Twitter. Give me a follow. And if you have any questions or comments throughout the week at one team pod on twitter using the hashtag ask the first team have any questions or comments again throughout the week you can use that hashtag uh and tweet us at one team pod saying your match prediction for the match tomorrow night do you see the cosmos getting a victory and just give you a realistic uh prediction do you see the cosmos getting the victory do you see uh a draw uh christian he went out and said a big score line. I would love to see that score line. But is that really going to happen? Who knows? I would love to see that happen. If it happens, Christian, I don't know. Maybe uh, I can't buy you a beer. I'm too young. But uh, we just have to see. So uh, that's really it. Uh, peace out, everyone. My name is John Frashante at jfrashante1. Uh, and also tweet at one team pod. Your thoughts on the Cosmos, on their marketing, on the stadium, on their proposed Cosmos Stadium. So much things that we talked about in this episode. A hard-hitting episode talking about everything in Cosmos country. The Tampa Bay Rowdies, New York Cosmos upcoming match, which is going to be a great match. So tune into that. Happy 40th anniversary to the Tampa Bay Rowdies who are celebrating it this weekend. My name is John Rashante, and good night, everyone.